turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Thank you for joining us today. God never forgets about us. Can we say we never forget about him? How often do we arise and neglect to say, thank you, Lord, for another day? Or thank you, Lord, for keeping my family and me safe at the end of the day? He remembers us even when we don't deserve it. Therefore, we must remember the Lord our God every second of every day. As Pastor Rander ministers to us, have your Bible, pen, and paper handy as you will want to take notes. Right here in church, it causes you to look at somebody with a different kind of eye. That's right. Lusting after somebody. Your mind going way where it shouldn't have gone with another man's wife. The man don't know it. Your wife don't know it. But you and God know it. And the devil knows it because he put it there. You can be right here in church and be just as satanic in your mind as you can be. That's why you have to catch yourself, keep in touch with yourself through the word of God. Amen? Amen. Number five, there is a battle against the dark forces of this world and wickedness in the heavenly places. There is a battle against the darkness, against the dark forces of this world. There is a battle against the dark forces of this world and wickedness in the heavenly places. Ephesians 6, 12. It says in Ephesians 6, 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Hang with me. We must realize that the war is not against people. It is against Satan and his cohorts. Sometimes you end up fighting people. I'm going to get her. She shouldn't have done that to me. I'm going to get him. You wait till I see him again. And you think it's that person. It's not Joe or Sue or Shirley. It's that spirit. It's that demonic power. Huh? That's behind them. That's moving them to do such things. We must realize that the war is not against people. We are in a spiritual battle against Satan, against rulers, authorities. These are ranks and files of, of, of demons and cosmic powers in the entire realm of spiritual beings. Wow. One of the subtleties of Satan is to get you so wrapped up in ourselves, is to get us so wrapped up in ourselves, to get us so wrapped up in the activities of life, to get us so wrapped up into entertainment and the pleasures of this world system that we forget that we are in an intense spiritual conflict with the world, with flesh and Satan. If we're not mindful that the war is on, we will not be prepared to fight the good fight of faith and we will, be, we will become a casualty in war. Let me tell you something, my friends. The war is on and the war is not against people. It is against Satan and his cohorts. It is against rulers and authorities and cosmic powers in the entire 
realm of spiritual beings. Satan's at work. Millions and millions of demons are at work all over this world to wreak havoc in all of our lives. Number six, y'all hanging with me? This is the kind of message that grow you up. Unless we are willing to buffet, I didn't say buffet now. We do enough of that. If we buffet like we, bu- like we buffet, we'll be spiritual giants. Unless, unless we're willing to buffet, beat, and subdue our fleshly appetites and bring them into subjection, we will be disqualified, experience more defeats, and not experience blessings from vic- blessings and victory. I repeat, unless we're willing to buffet, to beat, suppress our fleshly desires that want to rise up and bring them into subjection, we will be disqualified, we will experience more defeats and not experience blessings and victory. A passage on that is 1 Corinthians 9.27. 1 Corinthians 9.27. It says in 1 Corinthians 9.27, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. In other words, listen, we need to learn to discipline the flesh. Tell that flesh, no. You want sweets and you know that's your, that's your weakness? Get victory by saying, I know I want it. I know you want it, flesh, but flesh, you're not going to have it. I'm going to eat me some carrots. I'm eat some carrot sticks. I'm going to eat some, I'm not going to get that candy bar. I'm going to get some celery. Huh? I'm not going to drink, in the name of Jesus, flesh, you're not going to get coffee today. I'm going to drink more water. Huh? I'm, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you have any caffeine today. So I'm going to let, because I'm going to let you flesh know that you're not in charge. The Lord's in charge. So no caffeine today. No soda today, flesh. Now I know you want it because I want it. But you, excuse me, but you ain't getting it because you're not in charge. I got to dis, I'm beating it down. Beating it down. No cigarette today. If you let somebody. (laughs) Somebody say, oh. (laughs) I know I'm addicted. But I got to smoke one less today. Gotta smoke one less today. That's right. I know I'm addicted to television and I got 500 channels. But today, I'm gonna only look at one hour of television and I'm gonna shut it down because my body's not gonna be addicted to television. I'm not, I know my show is on or that game is on, but I'm going to deny myself because I want to grow with my Jesus. So I'm going to spend time with the Lord and my word. I want to just have a quiet, tranquil evening apart from all of that because I discipline myself lest I be disqualified. Listen, where is the discipline in your life? Young folk, you ain't going nowhere apart from discipline. When you graduate from, from high school, nobody tell you, are you up yet? You got to know to get yourself up. You got to know to go to class. You, know, you got to know not to hang around in that recreational center. Listen, you didn't go there to stomp and be a cue. 
<laughs> you didn't care just to be an alpha, a sigma, a delta, or whatever else I'm not calling. You go there to get an education. When you graduate from college, half them folks you're not going to see again. Some of y'all more committed to fraternities and masonry and all that stuff, and you're not committed to Christ. And that becomes idolatry. That's idol worship. And it profits you nothing. You don't have to say amen. Amen, Jesus. Apart from living a disciplined lifestyle, we will not hear some bullet points. If you're not disciplined, here's, here's what's Here's what's, going to, here's what's going to happen there. If you're not disciplined, you're not going to make spiritual progress. You're going to be worse off today than you were yesterday. You're not going to progress. If you're not disciplined, you won't be able to obtain spiritual goals that the Lord has placed in your heart. This is a new year. You're not going to be able to attain spiritual goals. You're not going to be able to achieve those goals that God has placed in your heart if you're not disciplined. If you're not disciplined, you're not going to experience success in the kingdom of God. You're going to always be a spiritual baby. If you're not spiritual, <laughs> you will not see God's vision for your life fulfilled. Feel, I don't care how much vision you think you have. Dream on! But if you are not uh, disciplined, your dreams and your vision will not become a reality. Which, which will, and then you end up in depression simply because you don't know how to stick to what you say you're going to do. You can't see nothing through. Everything is half done. Huh? The room is half done. Wall still half painted. Book still unread. Garage still a mess. All that stuff you said you were going to do last year. Closet's still a mess. Huh? All that stuff you said you were going to do. And you look up, it's more compounded. Let me move on. He said, quiet now. See something through. Follow through. Follow through. Deprive yourself of stuff you want to do to get something done. You can't jump every time somebody texts you, tweets you, you know. You got to be still. Every time the phone rings, you jumping. Somebody say, let's go. Come on. You, the, if you're going to make progress, the wisest thing you can learn to say is no. You're not being mean. You're trying to advance yourself. You're trying to make some progress. You can't be all things to all people and think you're going to make progress in the kingdom. And these young folk need to hear that. That's why some folk in college 20 years and still don't have a degree. You, you, gotta, you can't hang with everybody and be successful. Oh, God, I'm trying to preach. The Word of God tells us to pray without ceasing. Prayer is talking to God. We talk to our family, friends, co-workers, acquaintances, and strangers with ease. Yet so often, we don't take the time to talk with God, our source, for everything. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. 
all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Prayer does and will sustain us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have it within us. We must always tap into it. Oh, it's getting bigger. Wait, wait till you think that was something. Wait till you get to this. Ooh, I got so much. And I'm gonna, I believe I'm going to preach all of it. Listen, number, number seven. Remember that Israel had to fight and dispossess the enemy before she could possess the land. Hold on to that. Remember that Israel had to fight and dispossess the enemy before she could possess the land. Hang your hat on that. Now, go to Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. And you're going to see something there. Deuteronomy 7, 1 and 2. It says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Gergesites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them. Say, say conquer them. You shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them. Ooh, that is so big. You shall make no covenant, show them no mercy, utterly destroy them. And that's why some of y'all can't get anywhere. You're showing your sins too much mercy. <laughs> you, you've been too merciful with your flesh instead of beating that flesh into submission. You can't like yourself and make progress. Oh, y'all get, oh, you thinking with me. You thinking with me. On that text, in that text, your life cannot be fruitful and neither can you experience spiritual and physical blessings that could be yours without a willingness to fight, to dispossess, expel, and dismiss. Look, to, you got to be willing to fight, to dispossess, expel, and dismiss strongholds in your life such as worldliness, independent spirit. You got to fight against that. You got to dismiss it. You got to expel it. You got to expel gossip. You got to expel and dismiss selfishness and anger. You got to expel bitterness. You got to expel Facebook relationships that you re-entered into. You gone back to folk that God has delivered you from. You have to dispossess detrimental relationships. You have to dispossess and expel drugs and greed and pornography. You have to dispossess that. You have to get rid of it. You must expel it. And you can't show it any mercy. You, you can't play with it. The word of God, did you, did, you, did you see what it says? And when your Lord, when the Lord your God delivers them over to you. How many of you been delivered? Huh? 
Well then stay delivered. Stay delivered. And anything that tempts you to go back to your old sins and your, your old uh, pattern of lifestyle, you, you're, not, you're not to agree with that. You're not to show it no mercy. You confront that head on and dismiss it in the name of Jesus. And something else I want to say, even, uh, in connection with this passage, I, I just read about removing them parasites, uh, oh, parasites, uh, Hivites, some of them are, well, they are parasites. That's what they're, it's really what they are, parasites. Sin is a parasite. Even in the church, there are weights and strongholds at Maranatha and all the other churches that must be dispossessed in the church so that the church can rise to her God-given potential. That's why some churches can't make progress because there are a lot of things in the church that needs to be dispossessed. That's right. Need to be uprooted. We need to uproot tradition. Well, I'm not used to this. This is, this is. I never seen this before. Uh, this not. This is not the old way. Well, just because it's old, don't mean it's necessarily good. Okay. Uh, this, you have to get rid of negativity and apathy and entertainment and false doctrine. That's what's strangling churches. It's false doctrine. What's strangling the church is sexual immorality. Folk homongering all over the church. What's keeping the church from rising to her God-given potential is folk who say they love the Lord, know the Lord, robbing him to spend more on themselves. Robbing God of tithes and offerings. And God didn't bring you into this new year to rob him at the expense of your own pleasure. As, as the church, if we're going to affect this world for righteousness, we must be willing to fight against lies. We must be willing to fight against deception. We must be willing to fight against political correctness. If the church is going to be the church, we must fight against the homosexual agenda. We must be willing to fight against the killing of the unborn. We must be willing to fight against the attempt to destroy our family values and remove America from our Judeo-Christian values. We must be willing to fight, but the real question is, uh, is there any fight left in you? God told Israel, now you got to go, I'm going to give you the land, but you can't possess it without a fight. You got to fight. And we're letting Satan and the ideologies of this world, political correctness, and all this foolishness take over while Christians have become secret saints. Psalms 11.3 says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 14 says, and I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. That's the title of this message. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. And fight for your houses and your homes. Your home will be taken over by sin, the devil, and the world if you are not willing to fight for that which you hold most near and dear to you. Where's the fight? Two more and I'm done. Number eight, remember the Lord. We must be willing to remember the Lord. 
Remember to serve the Lord is what I really want to say in addition to that. Remember to serve the Lord. Remember to serve the Lord. Mark 10.45 says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Remember to serve the Lord. God has brought you into this year not to do less, but to do what? More. John 9, 4 says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. James 2, 20 says, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is what? Dead. You say, I believe God. Well, where's the works? Where's the evidence that you believe God? Where's, where's, where's the evidence? Where's the works? We were not saved to sit. We were saved to serve. Are you in one ministry? Perhaps two? We have a ministry fair going on today. And there are tables all around this building. Almost 80,000 square foot of facility. And shame on you. You can see all those tables. And you don't engage in one ministry. You are just as selfish as you can be. God did not bring you into this year to do less, but to do more. And you go, hurry up and go home, leaving the work of God undone. You, you go home, eat, watch the game, and burp, and don't have a ministry. And don't have a ministry. That is the sin of omission. And to be, and to be honest with you, you ought to be so excited about God. And, his, and the possibilities of what he's going to do with you and through you until you, you're disappointed if you're, with yourself if you're only serving in one ministry. I got my one and that's it. I'm just going to be an usher and stand here on Sunday morning because I'm already coming to church anyway. No, I mean, I'm, I'm already at church, so I can say I get it. I'm not getting I'm, I'm going to be a greeter, but I'm not going to get another one because I'm coming to church anyway, so I can just go on and and, and I've done my duty, and, that's, and I'm going to half do that. I'll miss some of my rotation. Somebody got a cover for me, <laughs> and I'm only serving as a greeter maybe a few times a year. See, you're always slipping and sliding on God. And you're always taking shortcuts. And yet God has been so patient and so good to you, and you find a way to get around not doing God's work. And you're going to get, give an account to God, and he's going to say, I saw what you did. Now I'm going to call you into account. Last but not the least, we must remember the sacrificial death of Christ. We must remember the sacrificial death of Christ. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26. It says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let me tell you something. It was the... Jesus Christ, it was Jesus Christ alone who died a substitutionary death huh? and sacrificial death on the cross as payment for our sins 
and lost humanity. Without the shedding of his blood, there will be no redemption. Without the shedding of the blood of Jesus, there will be no salvation. Without the shedding of the blood of Jesus, there will be no, no deliverance. Without the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ, there will be no redemption from the power and penalty of sin. We are to respond by coming together collectively as a body of believers in Jesus Christ uh, on, on, on first Sunday evenings or second Sunday evenings or whenever we have it, like tonight, to remember what God has done for us on Calvary. It is not an option. It is a command. It is a sacrament. It, we are commanded to do it, and we ought to want to do it because we so love Jesus. We love him so much. God so loved the world that he gave his son to save me a sinner. And I so love him that I come back tonight and remember what he did for me on Calvary. I couldn't save myself, so I'm going to come back and thank God, the very one who died to save me. My question is, where will you be tonight? You can't have perfect attendance unless you come tonight. That's right. You ought to be aiming at perfect attendance. Not the football game. Not the pleasures of this world. God expects you here tonight at 6 o'clock p.m. You say, well, it's night. God, God knows it's night. A whole lot of things you do at night. You go to parties at night. First, first games are at night. Y'all shop at night. Shop till you drop at night. But when it's time to come to worship, it's night. God knows it's night. The, the night belongs to him. You know, I'm tired. It's a sad day when you get too tired for God. As I conclude, the Lord sacrificed greatly for you. But where is your sacrifice for him? And all God's children said, God is real. When we accept him as our Lord and Savior, the indwelling Holy Spirit becomes alive in us. And as indescribably good as that is, the best is yet to come. In heaven, God himself will live among his children. No more problems, no more pain, no more preparing for the worst, because the worst will no longer exist, nor will we remember that it ever did. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.